Designed by Wingnut Social is brought to you by Wingnut Social, the leading interior design and home pro digital marketing agency. We know it works so you don't have to. Learn more at wingnutsocial.com. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your design business? Then welcome to Designed by Wingnut Social, helping home professionals accelerate their success with proven industry practices and expert advice. Hey kids, and welcome to Design by Wingnut Social. Today we have an amazing guest for you. Mike Verta of the Verta Creative Conspiracy joins us. And Mike is not your average designer, architect, design firm. Mike designs extraordinary conceptual spaces. And how I discovered him was through a usual YouTube morning binge. And I saw this amazing John Wick Man Cave Design. And you can check us out at wingnutsocial.com and check out this episode for the links to that video. And if you're watching us on our YouTube video, um, on our YouTube show, I should say, designed by Wingnut Social, hopefully our producer will have had enough time to put a couple of uh, little snippets or images from that room in there. So be sure to follow us on our YouTube channel designed by Wingnut Social. But I discovered him, saw this on the YouTube channel, and I was like, this is so amazing. Oh, just incredible. And if you've listened to the show any length of time, you know, I'm kind of a nerd. I love Star Wars and and all these things fantastical and love like themed home theaters and man caves and that kind of thing. And Mike does touch on that and what that takes and how he got into that. And also gives us some expert advice for his incredibly high-end interior design firm and his journey. And uh, I think you'll see some really actionable takeaways and inspiration for sure from Mike Verta. So without belaboring uh, the point here, let uh, me tell you all about him. You know, that's the drill. Mike Verta began his career as a film and television composer, session keyboard player, and recording artist before his motion graphics and visual effects hobbies accidentally became parallel careers. Over the past 30 years, his work in numerous areas of entertainment production and post-production on projects for marquee clients have earned him numerous awards and accolades internationally. His latest endeavors have been focused on themed design projects and ultra high-end collectible replicas. You won't believe it. He's amazing. He's incredible. Wingnuts, help me in welcoming Mike Verta to the show. Hey there, Mike Verta. Welcome to the show. How the hell are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And we were talking in the green room how I discovered you was um, you have an incredible, I'm just going to go right to it, incredible design, a man cave design that you did. And I just happened to stumble across it on your YouTube channel video. Can you just tell us a little bit about that and uh, tell the audience what your YouTube channel is so they can go see that. And then we're going to dig into your business, the genre and the niche of your business. And if we have any listeners in the audience who are have the inkling of being grown up nerds <laughs> in their design business, just yeah, like <laughs> I think that's a whole generation of us, actually. I think so. Yeah. yeah. You and I are about the same age. So, yeah. yeah. So um, tell, well, tell the, us what I'm talking about. Yeah, the John Wick room, I think, right? You're talking about the John Wick. Yes, yeah. sir. Yes. So, I mean, uh, that was just, that was just a, a buddy had a, a bonus room in his basement, like one of these totally abandoned, forgotten rooms. Nobody goes in there. It's just a repository for <laughs> junk. And, and he wanted to redo it. And he and I were just starting our business of doing themed design and builds. So 
They said, you know, we should, uh, you know, we should do my basement. I was like, oh, that's a smart of you. Yes, we should do your basement. Yeah, it was a portfolio piece. Yeah, I got you. Um, and uh, and so we were just trying to think about what you know what would be a good theme for it. And a huge John Wick fan. And I had seen, I think it was John Wick three or two. I don't know, not that long before. And I said, well, you should do it like the Continental, the Winston's <laughs> Armory in the basement. And he goes, that's perfect. It's exactly the right vibe. So um, that's just as simple as it started. And and, you know, the it was a unique challenge because the room we were talking about is this giant room. It's this huge yeah. room with 13 foot ceilings. And this is just this little bonus room in his basement. So uh, <laughs> so from a, uh, you know, from a design standpoint, it was it was it was like, well, how do you make a how do you make a big space feel right in small quarters? Um, it was a it was a real challenge. But um, but I think it I, I think it came out OK. And it seems to hit a nerve because a lot of people <laughs> seem to really dig that room. It's a great aesthetic. Um, and I, I, I feel like all I had to do was just be faithful to it. Just get the vibe right, get the aesthetic right. And the rest would take care of itself. And I, I kind of think it did. And um, boy, did you, what a stunning yeah. room and all the little tricks and tips you did to make it appear this uh, on scale yeah. with the original movie. And if you guys aren't familiar with the John Wick movies, those are action movies, a star Keanu Reeves, right? And they're, they're incredibly elegant and very, very high end look. And as interior designers, I think it's def the set design on these movies is something we can all appreciate. And you, you really nailed it. What is the name of your YouTube channel? Again, is it just, just going to be, it's just going to be Mike Verta. It's just Mike, my name. Yeah, yeah. Guys have to go check that out. And if you yeah. guys aren't next, uh, if you guys are on YouTube, make sure to subscribe to designed by wingnut social on YouTube. And we'll have that. Right? We'll have images of that too on our channel. It's just so beautiful. Thank so you. as far as uh, you're very welcome, thank you for sharing it with us. So as far as um, getting into the themed room design situation, mm -hmm. was that something that was, that was purposeful because it's such a niche, right? How did that even develop? No, it was like most stuff in my career is a really a uh, winding path. I mean, if, if, if I saw videos of what my life looks like 30 years ago, I wouldn't understand how it got there. <laughs> I, I was just writing music for film and television and touring my albums with my band. Uh, visual effects and motion graphics was just a hobby. Sure. <laughs> and it accidentally <laughs> became parallel careers. Um, but visual effects work uh, and CG modeling and all that stuff sort of led to architectural visualization work, mm -hmm. which, which is, is a little like if you do that work, it's like a, it's like getting a degree in interior design and architecture because you're intimately working the lighting and the space and all the. I mean, you're just you're in the space, figuring out what looks right and. And um, so I had I had been doing a, a lot of that, and then like I said, a, a buddy of mine he was doing themed designs and just said to me, I'm stuck on this one room. Could you like come up with something? Could you model something? And I'm, yeah, sure. I'll do that. And so I did that. And then I went and actually helped him put it in the room. And I, I'd never been through that process before. So suddenly I'm standing inside my design and <laughs> there's just, I don't know. I mean, it just, I, it just put the hook in me and, and I just said, well, we should do more of this. And he's like, yeah, let's do more of this. Um, and it was in Orlando and Orlando has a, uh, I mean, a built-in community for Disney fans. Yeah, and I was just going to say that's a great yeah. place for. <laughs> well, there are there are whole communities that are owned by Disney. People own their. They it's like they it's basically like they lease their house from Disney, and and they have these little communities where it's just impeccably manicured. It's a, uh, and they're they're nice homes, and so they 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 all put in like custom theaters, custom bowling alleys. They all do custom stuff, and it's usually Disney based. So there was a, a sort of a built-in market there. 
um, if if you know you wanted to do Disney stuff, which now includes Star Wars and Pirates of the Caribbean yeah, and all the Fox everything. So, <laughs> so yeah. So I mean, that's why you'll see designs for Pirates of the Caribbean or for Avatar or for Star Wars or you know. Um, but then, like anything else, uh, you know, word of mouth being what it is, somebody would see that room and say, well. Can you do something more like this or something a little more traditional? Yeah. But again, I didn't set out to do it. I just f- fell sort of into it, took the opportunity, <laughs> and then found out it's, it's, it's amazingly fun to do. It's yeah. so fun. It's amazingly, it's amazingly fun to watch you do as yeah, well. Yeah, so, yeah. And all, all of the, the video production, the FX and stuff, makes your YouTube channel super enjoyable to watch because it's so well done. So you're, you're you. definitely a renaissance. Uh, <laughs> you know, are, I, are you finding that the themed rooms and, and getting into the design of themed rooms, is it, is it so heavily one-sided? Is it mostly like a male-dominated audience? And is it mostly like man caves, home theater kinds of things? Or do you, you think it's going into... I, I, it, it's definitely, it's, it's, if, if you had to, I'd say it's, it's man caves and theaters okay. is really the two biggest places. Right. Um, and the theaters in my, certainly in my experience so far, the, 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 the wives or spouses have very, very strong opinions about what's going on in there. <laughs> yes, they do. Um, and, um, and that's great. And then, so then part of the design is, okay, well, let's, let's have stuff in the room for everybody, you know? And that's ultimately what I, I, I aim for is I want, I want uh, kids to want to play in there and everybody else to want to just hang out there, even if they have no reason to, it's just, you know, yeah. um, a man caves generally, uh, it's like everybody understands, okay, this is his room or her room or whatever. Like it's, you know, like it's just whatever they want. So that's, it's a slightly different dynamic, but yeah. As I said, that's part of being an excellent designer as well is to make the room functional as well as, as gorgeous and, you know, lasting to have, be able to enjoy time with friends or family in it. So nothing's falling apart or <laughs> no, no, I can't stand that. I can't, uh, yeah, I mean, like, there's this thing about it. Uh, I don't like a lot of themed designs. And I'll tell you the reason mm-hmm. I don't is because so many of them are just a lot of faux treatments. I mean, that's just what it is. And it's usually, I mean, uh, you know, it, it can be a lot of MDF. And this MDF is painted to look like rust. And this one is painted to look like met wood. Right. And this one's... A, and what you're ultimately looking at is, a, is is in a room that's just a lot of paint. And even if it's expertly done... Uh, no metal paint treatment looks like metal. It just doesn't feel like it in the room. I mean, right. the air in the room is different when the materials are different. And so there's, you're always in danger of, of, of making something that's kind of kitschy and, and it's not transformative because you know, it's, it's an illusion. So, um, you know, I mean, from a distance, great, you know, on a camera, great. But if you want somebody to be in the space, you want it to feel like a real space, a genuine space. So um, what that just means is that when I'm doing design work, I try to protect it budgetarily, logistically, the ability to use a variety of real materials um, and not just themed materials, not just MDF and fiberglass or whatever, but, but authentic materials right. that represent what the space is so that it is a, an authentic space. I, I would rather be a little bit less bold with the design and have it be real metal. Right. Do you know uh, what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred so, percent. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that it's that effect when you go in, you're you're actually there, like a real designer, right? So um, right. for the John Wick project, I was mm-hmm. watching the video again, like like mm-hmm. for, probably for the fifth time. You actually did search and source pieces for that space. It's not just three D printed. You know, you actually really did source some stuff for that space. So how how do you go about that? What does that process look like? 
Well, you know, like anything else, especially when you're trying to match an aesthetic, sometimes it takes a bit of time to figure out what the aesthetic really is. Why does this room feel like that? And you know it's going to be a combination of the colors and the, <laughs> but I mean, and the lighting more than anything. Yeah. And that was actually just a big part of the John Wick room is that the, the look in the film, as beautiful as all the architecture is, those are heavily color graded. They're heavily, you know, changed in the computer such that what you see on film is not even what the room looked like when you're standing there. Um, and so right away, there's this this question about, well, do we want to light this space and choose our colors so that it looks the way it looked on film? Because the film's kind of green yeah. and you're not going to look good in there, <laughs> um, you know, uh, uh, or or do we want to represent what it really would have been looked like? Well, then it might not feel like the room. So. So my first first mission on that was to figure out what the color palette would be and what the lighting would be so that it walked the line between feeling like the space, feeling like your expectation of the space, but also didn't make everybody look like they had jaundice, <laughs> you know, that it was still it was still a, a comfortable room to be in. But with that aesthetic, then it then it was, you know, looking at each one of those features. There were these columns and there's this sort of, uh, you know, marble looking floor and just trying to say, okay, can't do everything. We don't have an unlimited budget. We don't have unlimited time. What, where, where do we want to put the money so that we get the feeling out of it? Um, mm -hmm. you know, the floor, I mean, I would have loved to do that, you know, like marble, marble yeah. right. I mean, obviously <laughs> why wouldn't you want to do Well, the real one wasn't even that they didn't have the budget for that then. I saw that. Um, yeah. So, I mean, so I, I, so that was actually, uh, that was a, such an important part of it. It just meant that if I was going to do that, that really had to be done tastefully. It could just, it, it took a lot of scanning and work and a lot of color correction and a ton of print tests so that, that it didn't read as fake. Cause then it's over, it's over. It's yeah. Over. And it's, it looks yeah. real. It really looks real. And for you guys who aren't watching us on the, our YouTube channel, it's a, it's, it's a, is it a vinyl? What is the actual it material? Is. It's a really robust, like outdoor vinyl. Mm -hmm. And, and it was laid on, you know, it was a concrete floor because it's in the basement mm -hmm. and th that floor was carefully polished and leveled. Um, so, so that the vinyl would lay flat, but it's also, even though it's, uh, you know, vinyl and it's really robust, you can still feel and hear the concrete when you step on it. <laughs> right. So it, it, messes with your mind because even if your brain starts to trip you up that it's not stone, it sounds like stone. It feels like stone. It's cold like stone. And so it, 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 it actually worked out really well. And it really does look like the marble floor in the hotel. You can't, yeah. you can't really, and it has even has a nice sheen to it and yeah. it, it yeah. looks like a million dollar floor for sure. Yeah. Yeah, so let's talk fun. about the lighting in this mm -hmm. room specifically. So yeah, films have filters and they have color, right? And, and if we lived like that in real life, you're right. It would be. So how did you achieve the effect with lighting in this room? Because I'm looking at an image right now and then, the the lighting is colored, right? Essentially in this room? Uh, there's a few different zones because um, I wanted to have flexibility, you know, in the lighting as well. So there's some, mm -hmm. uh, there's some, there are LEDs that are in the soffit there in the, you know, in that, um, that drop down area. Mm -hmm. And uh, those, I, I, you know, LEDs are inherently problematic for reasons. Yeah. Um, so I had to really hunt to find what are ultimately really high CRI, they're like 99% CRI uh, uh, LED strips. What is, what is CRI? So Just that's for... the color rendition index. And that's basically okay. when, you know, how faithfully a, a color will be represented under a given light. Okay. 
And it's, it's, it's a little bit of an, you, you'll see them on LED boxes. You'll see their CRI index. The truth is it's actually not a great system. It's, it's easy to game and the manufacturers do that. But if you do, you know, what we do, which is, you know, put a, a spectrometer on it to actually find out what the color temperature of it and, and get a good, a good high quality LED in there, it, it can represent colors. Okay. But it did mean that that, that was, those are really expensive to get them. Those aren't like your LED strips. Those are okay. specialty LED strips. But you have to start with an, a color temperature that you can that you can count on. It's going to be this color because now if you're choosing a paint, you choose that paint underneath that color. Right. So so we had a couple of different light sources. We had those little mini halogens, and we had um, which you know are, are, are a very cl- clear. I like halogens because they're they're very unbiased. So we had those. We had the LED strips, which were very close to them in true Kelvin temperature, very in true color. And then very deliberately some incandescent sources and um, just to have some warmth. Sure. And, and with, I would create like a little, you know, in a, in a shop, just a little, a little cave with the different light sources in them and start to choose my paint colors, which is really ultimately where it started um, based on a combination of those lights and, and, and the aesthetic of standing in front of it. And then also taking some pictures of it because a camera records it completely different than our eyes do. And I know people are going to go in there and take social media pictures. So, so it was a lot, there's a, a lot of experimentation and custom, all the paints are tinted custom to, to, to fit that expectation. And with the wall color and the lighting locked, then that actually ultimately determined what the colors were for the floor to complement oh, that. Oh, I see. Yeah. I mean, I, I could have not, I could have gotten the floor. You just can't work in a bubble. Yeah, I could have gone the floor, just looked at the images from the film, but then the two wouldn't have worked together. Yeah, they wouldn't have all jived together. was going through a rebrand in my company and having a new website built and I brought in Wingnut at around the same time and had them do a strategy. In that strategy I found it to be really comprehensive and actionable. I, like probably many designers, find Instagram to be such a bear. I understand that it is so so important. It is a visual medium. What we do is so visual Um, but it's just it's an entire full-time job and with running a business and actually doing design, it was just really not feasible for me to keep up that pace with Instagram if I ever wanted to sleep. <laughs> um, so working with Wingnut, they have taken all of that off of my plate, which honestly is the most invaluable piece of working with Wingnut. Do you have access to any kind of like if you, when you look at the film, do you have any access to any kind of hex codes or color like formulas, or is it all going by eye? Well, first of all, I mean, you know, the there's there is no way to core. I mean, people drive themselves crazy, and it's 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 physically impossible to match a color from a film. It's our eyes re- re- see color differently than a camera does. Okay, cameras have very limited, no mm-hmm. matter what, they have a limited gamut. So does your computer monitor, right? And so you're always in a situation where, you know, you're asked, you have to ask yourself, do you want to know what it really looked like? Or do you want to look how it did on film? And if so, on which computer monitor? Because they're going to be different. Um, and that's because you can't know that 
there is no direct equivalent to getting a hex code or anything. There is none. Yeah. Um, you, you, you have to just experiment. I've never found a, a shortcut <laughs> other than making a million tests. I've never, you know, yeah. yeah. So you actually, you have a whole like workshop, you have a whole warehouse, you had a team of people putting together the woodwork and, you know, all, all of the we'll say family, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> still it's a team. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So what right. would your, what would your recommendation be for someone who would be interested in doing like man caves and home theaters, uh, uh, themed the way you do them, who maybe don't have access to that kind of those kind of resources, because I mean, you're hooked up, you're set up and you have, yeah, you have uh, yeah. everything at your disposal, it seems to manufacture the facades. Well, so having stuff in house mm-hmm. uh, is is great on a, uh, for all kinds of levels. But whether you have it or not, you are uh, the any reasonable scale creative project is going to require collaboration with other people. And so, if you're starting out, when I was starting out, you know, you find those people who are great at what they do in each one of the disciplines. And that you vibe with and you start to build your team. And I think, I think if you were starting, you start modest, do, do smaller spaces or, you know, just to find the people that, that, you know, you can turn to for faux painting if you don't do it all. Right. Or, you know, that maybe have made an investment in a CNC machine and they're looking to get their name out or whatever. And, uh, they've, they've taken a risk and you say, okay, well, let's, let's work together and, you know, and, 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 and do it that way. Um, I think, I think, you know, there's, there's a, when you have enough work that you can afford your own shop, you know, um, that's, that's great. And then it'll allow you to do things that logistically might be difficult otherwise. And you might be able to have a little more control over the, over the money, but you're not getting around having a good team uh, <laughs> if you're doing anything, you know, of, of any scale. Yeah. Um, and, and so it, relationships is everything and treating people well and with respect and being clear ab- about your vision and what you expect of people. I mean, that's, those are absolutely crucial no matter what. Yeah, I, I love that. And that is some terrific advice. So aside from the John Wick project on your YouTube channel, you have you have an avatar mock-up, right? I think, mm-hmm. I, have you built mm-hmm. that room yet? Uh, that room hasn't been built. The Star Wars theater, I don't know if it's public, but that one... Uh, I haven't seen it yet. I want to okay. see it. That's the one I'm drooling it, over in anticipation. Oh, yeah, I think you'll dig that. Um, <laughs> that one's uh, either at the end. I think it's at the end now. Um, you know, there's, uh, there's uh, a large garage project that'll be going up. Part of it, I did this, we... There's a six foot Iron Man, you know, arc reactor chandelier. That, <laughs> that is built. amazing. I, yes, that's yeah. another one. I'm that's so nerding one, out. That that project is huge garage for a show car garage. Um, there's that, and then like I said, I think we talked a little bit in the green room. You know, some other uh, like there's a kitchen I did for a family in Texas, and a, <laughs> a, a sort of twenties bar theater for a family in Nashville, and a pool design, some more standard stuff. Those will all be coming. It's just that I do them myself, and I. <laughs> <laughs> Those take it. They take some time. So yeah. So this being such a high end niche area that you're working in, can I ask what kind of budget ranges we're yeah. looking at? Just from what yeah. you've portrayed on your your channel already. Yeah, I mean, th- th- this is these are definitely disposable income set projects. There's no question. I mean, I, I couldn't afford these rooms. Um, <laughs> Me um, either. Yeah, and they're, 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 they're usually north of 500,000. Oh, um, wow. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, t- 250, 300, you mm-hmm. can do a lot in a space, but, but, and, and this is something I, I do want to talk about. It doesn't mean that you can't, it, mm-hmm. it just doesn't, it doesn't mean that those people aren't, um, you know, the John Wick room can, you know, can be done 
at a, at a number of scales depending on your materials. I mean, that's really what it is. I mean, if the floor was marble, it would be a very different price point. <laughs> yeah, for um, sure. Uh, but um, but I, I think, you know, what I certainly hope that people can can get from a video of a room that somebody spent a million dollars on is to, to see that practically these things are doable, to get inspired by them. I mean, use your creative, uh, you know, problem solving to find a way to do it. I mean, that to me is half the fun. Yeah. You know, as creatives, we, we complain about everything. We complain about not having enough money. We complain about not having enough time. But it turns out that limitations are good for creatives. And, you know, if you really want to try to get a, an experience and you're on a, a budget, you'll, okay, well, you'll figure it out or you'll figure out what's really important to you about it. So, um, yeah, it's great when you have a client that just says, oh, money is no object. But you <laughs> yeah, know, but you know what great. also comes with that is, is stratospheric levels of expectation. Yeah. Um, and, um, and, and if you're not careful and if those relationships aren't good, that can take all the fun out of the job. I mean, if you work for somebody who's used to having everything they want exactly the way they want it, when they want it, and never hears no, uh, I mean then you're, you're in a very high-pressure, high-stress situation. Yeah, we're familiar with that as yeah. interior designers. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so you, yeah. mentioned in the, you mentioned in the green room having some degree or really welcoming and making room for some degree of flexibility to have those uh, as you're going to have a creative, um, maybe uh, you're going left when you thought mm -hmm. you were going to go right, right? To right, change right. up some things and say, as you're going to to say, you know what, hey, I have an idea in the middle of the project, maybe something like this could work, or even giving your clients right. that opportunity to be that flexible. And you, you build that in, right? That's baked into the design process I, for you? I, th I, think, I think otherwise it just becomes another construction project. And, mm -hmm. and it's my experience that people are generally unhappy during construction projects. It's always taking too long and it, things are costing way too much money. And it's important to me for a space that's supposed to be creative and fun and for the homeowner to love it and love every part of the process in it. And so protecting the fun in it and, and inviting them to be part of the creativity is built into the process. And so that'll include saying to them, okay, this all sounds good. We all like this. We know we can do this for this amount of time, this money, but don't be afraid. If some, if we're in the middle of something and you think, uh, maybe you'd rather have had it done like this, let me know. And I'll do the same. If we're doing an idea, we've all signed off on it, but suddenly the better idea occurs to us. Let's, let's make sure we have some buffer in here and time and monies. Cause maybe we want to Put some of the money. Maybe we want to go more here. Maybe we'll go down the chairs one level because we, this way we can have a brass on the wall or something. You know what I mean? Whatever it is. Exactly. Um, and so, so I, I invite a lot of that. Like, just I want them to be there and I want them to be excited about them. And you know what I was thinking? No, tell me. Well, well tell me what you were thinking. Oh, I was thinking. Yeah, come, absolutely. Let this be fun. So that's a, that's a really, interior designers are probably cringing as you said that, because when we hear that sometimes, you know, hey, on second thought, you know what I was thinking? How about we do this? We're like, ah, oh, scope creep, scope creep. Of course. But, but I, I love your point about keeping them involved and keeping them happy because you are right. The construction part, there's a lot of that happens. <laughs> it, you know, it's hard yeah. to remember the, the end goal when your house is full of dust and there's well, a lot of noise yeah. and there's strangers in your house. So, you know, take, how, yeah. to, to your point, and I think this is really important, however, because this can happen, uh, um, is, is the, ultimately this goes back to choosing your clients carefully. Hmm. I, I mean, uh, the client is always right, but not everybody is your client. I, I just, I firmly believe that. 
And, you know, and sometimes we're just, we got bills to pay. We got gigs to take. I mean, it just is what it is. And then we commiserate on a Friday night about like, oh my God. <laughs> um, but in the end, in the end, whatever time you spent in that project, that was your life. You're not getting that time back. And if you gave it in service of something that wasn't fun and could have been, you have a responsibility to make sure that you avoid that to the greatest degree possible. So, so, uh, you know, when I meet a client, um, I know that I, I will not do my best work if we don't click personally. And if I don't really understand what they want. And so what I will usually do, if a client comes to me and says, I have an idea for a room and they just give me the broad strokes, almost always, I will say, stop right there. I'm going to go do a design cycle for you right now. Not a dollar. Just let me, give me a couple of days, whatever. Let me just go with what you said. And I will take my time, invest that, and I'll do it. And that first presentation tells me whether I'm going to take that job or not. Oh, okay. Um, because if they go, oh my God, that's exactly, it's like you were in my brain. Okay, we're halfway there already. Because now they inherently trust me mm -hmm. and, I, and I know that we speak the same language. If that first pass, they're going, yeah, I, you know what? I just, I don't know, maybe. I, I, okay, well, let me try again. Let me just, let me just see. Because uh, if it's like two or three rounds, which I will absolutely donate as an investment. And we're not, we're not totally aligned. And then I will just frankly say, you know what, you have a great idea and I'm not the guy to do it. I'm not qualified. I, I can't take your money. I, you have a vision. I'm not seeing it. And you don't want a guy in your house building your stuff, taking your money who doesn't see it. So let me give you a referral. Um, mm. and, uh, you know, and, and I'll help if there's some way I can, but, 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 I, I do that whenever possible is just really make sure that we're going into a situation in which, yeah, we're all we're on the line. And, you know, that that does mean walking away from projects sometimes, That's which just is what which can be scary, especially when you have to you have bills to pay for sure. But I love that. I think that could have saved me many a sleepless nights if I had done my interior design business a lot like that. <laughs> Look, there's no formula for it, but yeah. that's the balance you 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 can. The world will turn your fun job into a slog if you let it. And you have got to find the balance between protecting your good work and your joy and getting those bills paid. You, there, but 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 I, th I think if you're always rationalizing the bill pay, you're going to end up in a situation in which it's like just these stupid clients and their ideas. And I just had it. And, what, and then, and then you've ruined the most beautiful thing, yeah. you know, and yeah, we can tell so. that you're not there because your work is stunning. And I, and I see, I see the joy. I see you light up when you're talking about it. Yeah, it's, uh, before we get into the wet up wing round, I do have one last question when it comes to doing the, the man caves, right? That's pretty, you can be pretty independent and design a room for a man cave, a bar here, bar here. When it comes to the home theater situation, there's a lot of sound engineering and yes. knowing, you know, there'll be Atmos, you know, with the recommendations right. for speaker placements and your Right. racks and audio isolation and stuff. Is that something that you do as well? Or are well, we talking you know, collaboration? I, I, you know, started as a film television composer and post-production supervisor. I had my own mixing stages. I've, I've mixed hundreds of, of, you know, movies and TV shows. So I have had my own spaces, usually to much higher standards than you know, homeowners are doing. I mean, yeah. I mean, to just to be frank with you, sure. most home theaters are not truly surround sound. They're surrounded by sound. When, when you're in a when you're in a room that has been meticulously engineered for surround sound, it is a profound experience. The walls vanish, mm -hmm. and I've I've yet to really see a home theater that was willing to conform everything in the room to what are these narrow specifications to truly do that right. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, having a background in that, you know, means that I'm not. Um, you know, I'm not designing things that that will impact that. But 
if if you don't have an expertise on that, then you get with that. You could, they're going to have AV installers, or they're going to have somebody who does get with them on day one, because yeah. you want them on your side, and you want to say, I don't want to do anything that's going to blow your sound staging. Yeah. So they're thinking about a Death Star panel. Can I put one here? And in fact, this is how it went for the Star Wars theater. We had to work with the company, you know, carefully that wanted to have speakers in certain places. So that I wasn't cutting weird holes in inappropriate places. I built mm -hmm. around the things that needed to be in the space. So, yeah. I have yeah. seen interior designers just in general who have designed really pretty media rooms and pretty right. home theaters. And when I looked at it, I'm like, oh my gosh, that must sound terrible. Right. Yeah. Um, so there, there is something that, that that's a whole world out there that a lot of interior designers don't know what they don't know. So right. I highly recommend get with somebody who does have experience with that. And Mike Verta, I, I wish I could afford you. <laughs> Because I'm you know, doing my own home it theater. Hurt. You're letting me know. I can give you some ideas. You never know. It's, it doesn't hurt to ask. I tell everybody too. Like, don't like ask. Why would you not ask? <laughs> ask. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. But now, Mike Verta, I have to ask you: Are you ready for the What Up Wingnut round? Okay. What would the hashtag on your tombstone be? Oh my gosh. Well, see, I think hashtags are only going to be around about 10 more minutes. So if that's going to be on my tombstone, I got to get my affairs in order is my first thought. <laughs> I better go talk to my family. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. We'll take that. Do you, so you don't have one or? I, I, honestly, I, uh, no, I hope uh, not. I hope there isn't one thing. <laughs> all right. Hashtag. I never used hashtags appropriately. Oh, okay. Then we'll take that. You're stuck on a deserted island, but you can have your one favorite food forever. What is it? I'm pretty sure it's fish. <laughs> Aside from what maybe you could find there, unless, you, you know. I, I don't know why. Why is, why is it about Reuben sandwiches? I don't know why. I don't favorite. know what it is. I, I, something about them. There's all sandwiches, and then there's like Reuben sandwiches. They're not even that special a sandwich, but you can get me to do anything for a really them. authentic corned beef. I don't know what it is. I love her, a good Reuben. I, I'd, I'd be hard-pressed between a hamburger, a good cheeseburger, and a good Reuben. I gotta yeah, say, I like that one. easy for me. And last but not least, please recommend a book that's impacted you either personally or professionally. Yeah, I will tell you, uh, as boring as it is, it's really any of... Um, but it's, especially it's the it's a behind-the-scenes making of Star Wars book for me. It, because that Star Wars is the reason I became a creative. And uh, any book that details all of the people... And the creative process that they went through and the limitations that they had to struggle with and the politics, it, that set a expectation and template for how my life was actually going to go. Um, and so, you know, even though on one thing, it's sort of a, just a you know, curiosity behind the scenes book, it was also a roadmap and a template that, that I, I rely on every day. Um, so, you know, as I think about books that I've read that have changed the, my life, th that actually had a surprisingly important, you know, <laughs> impact on me. Yeah. I love it. That's beautiful. Actually, in our own Star Wars connection way there, I was at 1977 when it came out. I was 10 years old. So I'm a little bit older than you. And I remember buying a, a little cassette tape recorder at the time so I could go in and record it so I could listen to it. <laughs> right on. <laughs> Don't tell the movie, no, please, but just no. listen to it on audio. I was so great. I was a crazy little kid. That's awesome. That's Mike awesome. Verta, please tell the audience where they can go to find out more about you, the creative conspiracy, the, the Verta creative conspiracy, and uh, we'll call it a day. 
Yeah, I'd say, you know, stay tuned to that YouTube channel. That's yes. where the love's going. And uh, and people like videos, I do. And they, you know, they, uh, I'm not slave to the content having to put out every week to get my f- f- followers. Um, but I, what I do put out, I uh, try to make sure is good and entertaining and have stuff for, you know, stuff that's informative on it. So I'd say that's your best subscribe would be the YouTube channel. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much for joining us, Mike. You're an inspiration. Thank you so much. All right, guys. Seriously incredible. I, I told you, he's he's an amazing, amazing creator, amazing person, and a renaissance man. <laughs> I love my conversation with you, Mike. Thank you so much for being game to come on the show. Just a cold outreach. I was like, hey, I loved your YouTube video. You want to come on my silly little podcast? And he said yes. And he's kind of a big deal. So I really do appreciate that. Make sure to go and check out vertacreative.com. That's V-E-R-T-A creative.com to check out his work. And uh, hopefully by the time this airs, he'll have that Star Wars room up. That's what I'm really looking forward to seeing. But I have to say, say, I think John Wick is taking over (laughs) my love for uh, action films. I think that might be my number one right now. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Remember to head on over to wingnutsocial.com if you need help with marketing your interior design firm on social media. Right. So we do an extraordinary job of getting our clients, clients (laughs) through Instagram primarily, but Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter? No, I don't think we have anyone on Twitter. LinkedIn, terrific for commercial designers. That's wingnutsocial.com. And don't forget our Wingnut Academy course, Instagram for interior designers. If you're not quite at that space to where you're able to delegate that out, if you don't quite have the budget for that yet, you're not an over a million dollar firm, highly recommend Instagram for interior designers to get you to that point. So then you can delegate that. And that's at wingnutsocial.com as well. All right, guys, remember until next time, get out there, get uncomfortable and be great. You've reached the end of this episode of Designed by Wingnut Social, but that's only the first step into accelerating your business the Wingnut way. Head over to wingnutsocial.com or call us at 786-206-4331 to see how we can help take your business from meh to amazing. We'll see you on the next episode of Designed by Wingnut Social, your digital marketing tightly fastened. And last but not least, please recommend a book that's impacted you either personally or professionally. Oh, wow. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> uh, personally or professionally? Yeah. Um, a, a, one? What is um, it? I'm trying to think. Uh, one book? Uh, yes, one. I'm, one, I'm, one I'm glad book. you can edit this. <laughs> yeah, oh, give yeah. You a minute to edit this. <laughs> I have a really good editor. You're amazing, really. <laughs> I'm fangirling over your work. It's so for real. Wingnuts, help me in welcoming Mike Vertis to the show. Good boy, Mango.